You're listening to Big Shot Business Podcast. The what, the why, and the how of building and running a successful business on the African continent. Here's your host, Linkford Biz. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Big Shot Business Podcast. This week, I'm in East Africa, Nairobi, Kenya, talking to tech innovator and entrepreneur Sheila Bergen, the CEO of the Quad Tech. She has mentored over a thousand startups across the continent and is currently the Kenyan representative at the Africa Innovation Policy Task Force. Today's episode is sponsored by Awesome Labs. For everything you need to build your own online store, do the smart thing. Visit beawesome.co.za. Awesome Labs, the web is chemistry. Sheila, welcome to Big Shot Business Podcast. And it's a real honor to have you um, here today. Would you tell us who is Sheila Berger? So uh, I like to think of myself as an ecosystem builder. I am a Pan-Africanist. I believe in, um, in the power of technology. So I would say um, I am sort of a technology enthusiast. And I've worked with startups within the technology industry. But generally, I just like to think of myself as someone who is a strong supporter of Africa and products building in the continent. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That's, um, I think it's uh, something that the continent actually needs right now. How did this journey start for you? So I, I was studying uh, communication. My first degree was communications, but I really, really wanted to study computer science. And so uh, my dad did not think that was what I told me to do. And so I ended up uh, uh, getting to study uh, communications. And so when I was studying communications, um, luckily the university I was in had a really huge uh, computer lab. So I used to spend a lot of my time there. And obviously, most of the students who would be there were computer science students as well. And so I started interacting with them. I started to teach myself. And so they dragged me to IHUB. Okay, initially, there was no IHUB. There used to be developer groups I used to meet back in the day. And so I would go with them and just, you know, not say anything, just hear, you know, about the things we're talking about. And, and then... When I was launched, I used to just frequent this space. So I was working already by that time. I was still in school, but I was working. And then I got into the IHUB as an intern. So I quit my job because I really wanted to be in the, in the tech space. I quit my job. I wanted to come and become a developer. So, you know, work on uh, different products with, uh, with the cool devs that I used to know back in the day. And so when I joined, I joined because it was an easy channel for me to join through communication, which was, I was working in that industry anyway. And so, um, yeah, I got in, I was working within communication. I was also still working on, I was working with small businesses, the, that side, uh, with the agency I was working for. So when I got in, it was to mostly work with, uh, uh startups and developers. And so my journey, I really never thought I would get into entrepreneurship or, you know, supporting entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurs in, in general. And so when that, in that way, then, yeah, my path was kind of, yeah, All right. became part of who I am in that I've been doing for um, uh, close to 11 years now. Wow. That's been a while. 
how is the how has the industry been so far? I mean, uh, since since you joined, what are the things that you can say? Okay, these are the things that improve. Well, I think first of all, I think Kenya in Kenya, um, a lot has changed since. Um, I think even just the perception of uh, technology in general has changed. Uh, the types of businesses we see, um, the amount of funding people are raising. Um, I mean, success in general in the ecosystem, the enablers, um, the industry players are more involved. There's a lot that has changed. Um, but I think across the continent as well, a lot has changed. I think now governments are in on, on what is happening. Um, more governments are um, making sure that their ecosystem is, is quite favorable for not just their local startups to begin, but also for attracting other you know, not just African businesses, but anyone really who'd want to, to open a business in the continent to come into their country. So I think in the sense that governments are more involved now across the continent is the biggest shift than, you know, I mean, because of the unemployment rate, because of the different challenges we see in the continent, because of, I think, also the successes we see from, from different businesses. Entrepreneurship, in a way, would have still grown in this continent with or without technology. But I think the government's deliberate effort in ensuring that their ecosystems change is, I would say, the biggest, um, the biggest change over the years. Oh, that's good. That's beautiful. And um, looking at um, tech in Africa generally, mm-hmm. how has been the uh, adoption, if I, can, if I can put it that way? As I'm sure technology without users uh, it becomes a problem, but how has the adoption been? How has it been over the years? Well, I would say still significantly low because um, the infrastructure you need for technology uh, to thrive is quite expensive. And a lot of countries do not have that infrastructural capacity for it to thrive. That is one. Two, I think you also require a lot of user education and most of the technological uh, tools are first of all in English, and that becomes a challenge for even English-speaking countries that has natives who don't speak that language, because understanding and awareness becomes a problem. And so, user education is becomes a cost that a lot of businesses uh, wouldn't have. But also from the user side, it it makes you lose. I mean, interest. If I download an app today and it's in a language I can't understand, what's my use? So. In countries where they've seen, you know, adoption of technology, for instance, in Kenya, where, you know, we are lucky to have Mbesa, our government is, um, we use e-services for, for government uh, service, all, all government services, we access them online. Um, in that sense, because of those things, then it's so easier for people to, you, they don't really look at it as, as technology, it's just a solution to a particular problem. And I think so because of that, in market have that awareness of solutions, especially local ones, it becomes easy. But for most countries, unfortunately, accessibility of the technology solutions is is quite is is low because of infrastructure, but also um, the education level. But also not to forget, a lot of African countries are poor, and so uh, affordability of 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 solutions, even SMS, sometimes is quite difficult. So 
in that sense, then it becomes becomes an issue for um, adoption of, of technology. But I think by and large, uh, because it's a very young continent, I think that number will significantly grow because the younger they grow, I think now the first interaction I had with technology was through somebody else's phone. And it wasn't even um, a mobile phone. Uh, and then I saw a mobile phone, eventually had got one when I was an adult. But now kids have phones. They, are, they know what, you know, uh, a phone looks like. They know how to play games uh, and that will keep changing. So, I mean, for them, they will start interacting with technology when they're much younger, which means adoption for them to technology will definitely be much higher. Yeah. All right. No, that's, that's great. I do look forward to those days of sending out technologies and the users can't really <laughs> either access it or can't understand it because of language barriers. That becomes a real problem. Yeah. Um, is it something that you think entrepreneurs could start looking at to create solutions for? Um, yes and no. <laughs> yes, because I feel inclusivity is very important in solutions that we build for this continent. Ensuring that people understand the solution, um, even the look and feel. Assuming a given color in a given culture is offensive and I'm building a solution for that particular people and I put that mm-hmm. color then they will not choose my product because I am offending them. So understanding, you know, and, and, and for us and entrepreneurs in this con- continent, one thing that is an advantage and a disadvantage to them is we are very cultural people. At the core of who we are, whether we are really exposed or not, we are still cultural. We still come back to that of, you know, some of it, how are we raised, how will we be perceived, how do we interact with people, all those things. And so when building solutions and you don't factor those things in, in the way you market, in the way you position your product, in the way you design your products, in the solutions you provide, then it becomes a challenge. And so uh, if you don't, you know, you don't, you're not aware about those things, then building a, a solution becomes a problem. So in the sense of inclusion, then for sure. But I would still say that we, and, and I've seen this happen in, in a number of, of solutions. When you build for specific people, it doesn't necessarily, you don't have to look global. They can still use it. We still use products we don't understand. Uh, there was um, a startup we worked with a, a while back that um, they had a, a game that was in the, in the it, it was a Kenyan game. It was in the local uh, dialect. And people in Mongolia were, were playing that game. So that, I mean, you don't really need to, I think the, the biggest challenge is for African entrepreneurs, we are always building for others because we want to access the global market. And so sometimes we lose, yes, and sometimes we lose the, the most important, which is home and a market that could potentially grow and you might have it for a much longer period. And you can always customize, right? So I think the, um, in that sense, then I don't necessarily think they should it. So I would say it's both for inclusivity and also for the um, appropriation of, you know, the right solutions for the right uh, problems, then you can iterate as you, as you go along. All right. That's very interesting. That's intriguing. Thank you for that. Um, can we get into uh, the core tech? How did that come about? Um, 
Wow. So I'd been in this industry for 10 years and I had seen how policy affect businesses in, in, in Africa. Because one day you could have a really big business and they change policies and you close down everything. It's like policies like our, um, you know, in the way, you know, in some, some countries or continents, they have severe weather changes, instant and, you know, it's, 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 that is policy in Africa. It's, even though we have, you know, those severe weather changes, the real earthquake here that can destroy you in a second is, is policy. And you wake up in the morning and I've seen a lot of people suffer. And so for me, I wanted to ensure, or I still want to ensure that uh, small business owners, those startups and, and young people are involved in policy creation processes. It's important. You can only negotiate when you're on the table. Once that bill has been passed, you're out. You can go demonstrate, you can do anything, but it's done. They will tear gas you. They will still close your business. You know, they will shoot you. So yes, I mean, yes, yes. get involved when you still have a chance. And and that's why for me, the code came into play because I know the importance of policy. And I want us to be, especially young people. I know we are always involved after. You know, they tell us, oh, let's go to the streets, let's go and demonstrate. Fine, but we can also be involved in saying no. What you're what recommending will not work for the types of businesses you are building. What if we can also add ABCD that would be a bit more favorable for us? And then when that is passed, all of us are included in that pie when it's, you know, ready on the table instead of fighting for it when it's too late. That was one. I think, too, I've also seen the importance of community and how it can really accelerate your growth as an entrepreneur. Be it a community of people who uh, are helping you access markets through their users. Be it a community of experts who can open their networks for you. Be it a community of um, people who can mentor you. Be it a community of people who just support you. Because entrepreneurship is difficult. And so I want to ensure that when we are building businesses, we are actually building communities around our products. And this comes back to culture. Something that is very, very African. We've always known what Ubuntu is and it, it worked. It can still work now. So, you know, beat African government saying, you know, we have this Africa free trade agreement area that all the African businesses can access a continental market. They can move around the continent. Their goods can move around the continent. Their services. We need that. We have similar challenges. It's easy for me to customize my product for a South, for, for South African market than it is even clothes. I mean, we like color. We like music. There are things we like all of us in this continent that if it's, it's a product from here that can easily scale to that market, then why not? You know, so I want people to also be, you know, aware about the importance of community. So. Those two things are actually why I, I decided to start the code. And it's, it's just basically to focus on policy, ensuring a lot more people get involved in the policy processes. And also when you're building businesses and, and, and products or solutions, then we have community strategies, you know, to aid access market, whatever, for whatever reason, to, to just help businesses grow in general. Those were, that is how it came to be. So, I actually wanted to initially, I was like, oh, maybe I'll, 
I just not work with entrepreneurs at all because I I was tired. It's it's draining. It's dra- it's like you it it really is. You you become part of someone's journey and their failure becomes yours and and people will call me at 2 and say you know what i just got a resignation letter from someone in my team who was really instrumental and they are going to join a corporate i i don't know what to do it hurts someone is crying and something and and you don't know what to do yourself you're not part of their business but you're also like okay what will we do and i just got drained i'm like no i am just done but then i just kept being pulled back into the ecosystem oh you think you can introduce me to someone can you look at you know our pitch deck or there's this opportunity what do you think about it um we are changing our model because of what is happening globally would you give us honest feedback and so i thought ah, you know what i i can't run away from this but i want to look at it from a slightly macro level than i was you know hand and holding a individual so yeah that's I think in essence how it just came to be. Yeah. Oh, you mentioned that um you you worked with um multiple startups. Yes. What was the biggest challenge startups were facing? Wow, I think team dynamics is the biggest challenge and I've worked with more than 1000 across the continent and I can tell you for a fact team is it's sometimes they make or break. I've seen businesses that had huge potential just fight because of founders disagreement and people throwing their hands up and leaving and that business just dies because now you have a legal um case you have to handle so it it it's really a problem um that is the internal problem for most businesses it's just how do you manage teams and you see also because most of us when we are young we we finish university or college and then we start businesses with our friends So I trust you there's nothing you've written no JD no contract you're my friend you know I can text you call you anytime this thing where do you think we make decisions fast and then things become thick especially when we start having money so there's this power dynamics so but I don't think you should be the CEO it was my idea then the roughs you know starts cracking from there and so that becomes a big challenge The second thing I think I've seen that is a big challenge I think this is a global thing it's it's funds and funding in two ways funding one in in the sense that they don't have funding at all so they you desperately look for funding and so you either mess up you get you know bad terms or a, you know valuation is messed up or um you get a lot of money but you are not ready for that type of money so you don't know how to structure and you blow up all the money or you want now to build more business there's just so many things around that and then two i think it's it's just where to get that money it just becomes a big problem because this is something i think we don't tell a lot of people when they start businesses in 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 this continent networks are important networks are very important when you're starting a business mm. it will sometimes help you move extremely fast that is also why we copy in, and, and and i've seen this across africa we copy each other if i start selling sugarcane today here three people will start selling sugarcane here because it's easy for me to to know where to buy the sugarcane to buy, to buy the plastic bags or whatever they pack the sugarcane in 
chances are the people who are walking through this road are also buying sugarcane. So there's already an established supply chain that I just want to plug myself into. And so, so why, why is everybody copying? There are reasons to that. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, sometimes you can iterate and, and add a few things, but you've already seen an established value chain that you can just plug yourself into. And so networks are very important. So because of lack of networks, which is also why a lot of uh, foreign uh, startups that, you know, come in and, and set up in the continent have easy access to fundings because of networks. They come with a lot of networks that they have, be it of investors, be it of, you know, their governments that actually have, you know, funding to support startups. We, unfortunately, not a lot of countries have that. So that network bit becomes the second challenge of, you know, where does the money come from? You know, like Cape Town is, it's not as hard as you would say most markets is for accessing funds, you know. I mean, a lot of people in Cape Town know each other. They have, you know, local angels who are very deliberate in investing in Cape Town startups. You know, things like that. Most other markets don't have that. And so it becomes a really big challenge where to access funding. And banks don't give you money if you don't have, you know, collateral. Uh, they don't, they, you know, they now have, you know, SME funds. But, you know, those, those funding instruments from banks are not really... Uh, differently structured so you would still need you know some backing to show your finance your financial muscle or your credit history um which startups also don't have so where the funding also comes from becomes a challenge so number one i would say team um and team is wide we can discuss this all day you know from fights also to uh skills that you know you want to have in the team you grow a skill and they leave or you want to get the right skill, you don't have enough money. Yeah, I mean, team has so many things. And then funding, funding being that, you know, you, you just don't, don't have, or when you have, you're not ready to get that much and where that funding comes from. So those two main things I think would be the biggest challenges I've seen. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's very insightful. And you mentioned, you mentioned team there. Um, one of the things we're trying to achieve with this podcast is to help. African entrepreneurs build and run successful businesses. And since you're saying team is quite a big thing, would you want to go deeper onto it? Yes. So when you start a business, even Mm. if you're starting with your sister, it's a business. You have to ensure you have the right documents for the business. If it's a contract, ensure everybody has a contract. If it's, the job description, ensure everybody knows what is expected of them. It's not this, I think I almost cast. It's not this, you know, um, <laughs> I caught myself in the right moment. So it's, you know, it's not this BS we tell each other around, yeah. you know, you are talkative, I think you should be the marketing person. <laughs> or you are reserved, I think, you know, you should be the the... I don't know, the back office person or the developer. No, get analyze the skills people have and then give them the task and ensure everybody has their KPIs. What is it that, you know, my performance indicators are what? What do I have to do? Because you also don't want to drag people who are not doing anything because at some point you'll break. You'll be like, ah, you, you've always even been this team. There's nothing you've done. 
we've just been tra- and then that becomes a huge problem so ensure everybody has a contract or at least um uh something to state what their roles their role is and what tasks they are allocated to number 2 ensure you have the right skills in your team we we you know just become especially when we don't have money we bring anybody on board anybody you believe in my dream sure you come you'll become our <laughs> chief marketing officer Oh, you, 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 you have a huge social media following. So I think you, you will become our CEO. But you don't analyze the quality of right. this particular person's skill and what they bring to the team. If you want to build a sustainable business, those things are really important. Because if they don't, if, if you don't have the right people for the right jobs, there are people who will have to supplement those skills in the team. And that's where the cracks start showing because then I'm overwhelmed. You know, I'm doing everything for everybody in this team. Nobody's even appreciating my effort. All of us are getting the same amount. It just becomes an issue. Yeah. So ensure that, you know, if it's a startup, it's a technology startup, there's something called founders uh, or shareholders agreement or founders agreement. Ensure you have that. There are a million templates online. Customize it in the most simple terminologies you don't have to understand legalese just customize it so that you have something written ensure the skills for the team is diverse if you don't have money you can work with other startups that have complementary t- uh, skills and you it you better trade so exchange skills so okay listen uh, we askers are not really good in in doing um, social media campaigns but we have a really really dope uh, developer who can you know check your your app if it's working well and then you guys do a uh, like just you know interchange those things we used to do better trade come on you know so you you can do that number two, you can also use consultants so i mean for instance for accounts ensure all the papers you have are stored well and then get a consultant to do consultant to do your you know your cash flow statements your your reports your they do your filings for you and then they can do that once a quarter and also perhaps get a younger person you know they might not charge you a lot of money as you grow and then you know also in the in the event that you grow you have you've grown with someone who understands you're also providing an opportunity for a fellow young person so i mean look at we are sneaky already it's in us so use those things to help your business grow so look for those ways of you know reducing your costs but ensuring that the fundamentals of business are the same ensure that those things are catered for so for the team and i always say do not fight using a third party so don't go go talk to someone's girlfriend don't go talk to someone's boyfriend their family their other friends so tell them a business is like a marriage tell them in their face listen um i'm feeling a bit overwhelmed because i feel like i'm doing a b c d and nobody else is putting in their weight so i want us to to just discuss how we can divide some tasks if you know i mean if we need tools to to divide that if we write on the sand i don't care just discuss those things openly especially before they get to a point that is quite quite difficult to have those conversations and that point where you have to involve a lawyer 
don't let it get to that point. When you start feeling immediately, we always know when you start feeling ah, that, ah, make sure you start talking. Say, you know, today you went for the meeting. We agreed, you know, you should be letting us know. Even send us a message on WhatsApp. Yo, you didn't send us a message. We feel you in the dark. You went, you made a decision. You don't know what happened. Do you think you can tell us? That's the next morning. Do you, th- do you think you can tell us what happened yesterday? And sort those things out before it's too late. Otherwise, when it's too late, it's too late. It's just too late. There's nothing you can do. Salvaging it will either be very expensive. One of you has to be kicked out of the business. One of you will lose maybe a friend for life. There's just so much that will be involved in that process that I don't think it's worth it. It's just easier to solve it earlier, earlier on. Yeah. That's that's really interesting. I think I'll take that advice for myself as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You should. You did. I'll take that for myself. And this is this is this is very this is very valuable because there are so many businesses that have they've gone to ruin because they didn't understand these things. Mm. And I'm really I'm really glad that we get a chance to put this information out there. Have you heard about Big Shop Business Network? It's the place to be for African entrepreneurs, business owners, and professionals just like you. Join millions of fellow entrepreneurs today by visiting likeabigshot.com. Big Shop Business Network. Connect. Share. Grow. What about funding? Let's say somebody has sorted out their team. What about funding? Wow, so... Don't look for money when you're desperate, number one. When you're desperate, you will take anything. And so that's where you lose. It's, it's, it's like, um, okay, I don't want to use gambling, but just don't, don't look for money when, when you're desperate. Yeah. If I know most of us want to look for money to start businesses and things like that. Um, there are things you can do before that. You know, there, there are people you meet and you ask them, do you have your idea written anywhere? They don't even have that. What, put in, put in some effort, something, you know, something. Go on weeks, make a fake website, post it with their, I mean, they don't charge you for that. There are free services that you can use to build something that you can show somebody, even if it's drawing on a book, do something, right? Understand what are costs that I will incur. You're looking for money and you don't even know how much money you will need to start a business. Are you serious? You know, it's like, it's like those people who ask God for, for God to give them dollars and you don't even have a dollar account. Where do you want him to put that money? Are you serious? You know, like, right. yeah, just, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> do something, do something before you look for funding. You know, ask yourself, okay, what will I need? I'll need a website. For me to need a website, for a website to, to be up, what do I need? I need hosting. I need um, maybe someone who's providing uh, the domain. I need uh, all those costs that you will need. Maybe a designer if you're not doing it, all those things. Try to look for how much it would cost you so that when you go to somebody to ask for money, also you have something concrete. You know, they, don't, they don't think it's just a joker, right? So do the work. Don't look for money when, when you're desperate. And then don't look for money you don't need. A lot of people will say, okay, I need, uh, well, I think roughly $10 million would do. Okay. 
what will you do the ten, what will you do with the 10 million dollars uh, well we have a lot of things you uh, what exactly will you do don't look for money you don't need the moment you get money you don't need you start looking for things to spend that money with and that's where you kill your business but if it's money you you know you've planned for it i know this money is for building this it's for hiring a team the team will will be responsible for marketing we want to get you know a thousand customers in the initial month and like you've planned something out then once you get that money you move very fast because you already have a plan when you don't you become a headless chicken you run everywhere you know i think well i think the ceo normally we we normally have cars i think we should buy a ceo a car things you don't need that will not even help you in growing a business so don't need don't look for money you don't need and number 3 no number 4 so the first one is do the work number 2 is uh, don't look for money when you're desperate number 3 is don't look for money you don't need and then number 4 try to build a rapport before you look for money so i think i i come back to that whole networking community thing when you already have um a rapport with someone say you you know you've been talking to me i know you you've told me an idea i know it's not going anywhere but i know you are a very hard working guy i believe in you i might still give you money i know this idea will not work but i know the next thing you come up with will definitely work because i know it's like rnd money i'm giving you money to go to the market to learn right so yeah so in that sense um build the networks you know just i see people who you know you just assume automatically you show up and people will give you money no 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 it doesn't work like that it, even even sometimes when you need money you go through your your folks one of your folks to get money from the other the other one it's 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 everywhere so ensure you build those rapport when you're when you're trying to to look to look for money and always always be respectful and kind this is nothing to do with fundraising it's just something i believe because it will get you it will open so many doors for you you know there are people who get a no and you decide to go do a thread this idiot i send them a pitch deck and you know na don't and also for investors be kind even if you're not giving someone money it's okay to give them feedback around what they are doing wrong you came to me you did not have a single plan your idea i've seen it several times and it failed because of abcd introduce them to those people who had similar idea that failed they can teach this person something always be kind it doesn't matter you know what process it is when you're fundraising even when you're asking for money but kindness doesn't mean you beg or start calling someone my boss my my leader my king my lord no it's just the way you approach things right so i would say those things um important and in in putting in the work uh you know there are so many info, there, there's so much information right now about you know the fundraising process understand the fundraising process what is the first thing what is the second thing then what then what then what so once you understand that process it becomes easy. it's like when you go to a bank today when you want to borrow a loan you don't just show up to the cashier and say yo will you guys give me 50000 no there's a process right even even when you borrow money from your friend you just don't don't you don't just show up in their house and then they open the door i want 50000 no 
you have to be nice that week. You know, you talk to them nicely. You know what you want. Same thing. So how are you expecting investment to be different? It's not any different. There are processes and those processes have to be followed. So ensure you understand those particular processes. There are people you can always reach out to that will always give you feedback for free. We are so many of us, and especially in this continent, who want to really help entrepreneurs. They will give you that information. They'll send you links. They will, you know, they will give you an advice or two. Um, and especially if you're respectful, I get a lot of people send me messages on, on my social media and, and, you know, respectful guys, I, I actually would reply, do an introduction to, to people I know and things like that. But if you, sh- you show up in someone's uh, inbox with audacity of, you know, and entitlement, then unfortunately, most of the time you will not get what you want. Yeah. So it's a whole, it's a whole lot process, but I feel if it's slightly simplified, um, I feel like also some of us who've been in the industry for long, we use too much jargon to try and explain things that are very simple to, to kids, especially who are starting business and not even just kids, anyone really starting a business and getting into an industry they don't understand. And so they always feel like they are not welcomed into this industry because they don't understand those things. But if you try and you know, simplify some of those things for people to understand, it makes a big difference. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's, this, is, this is a lot of value. Herbed up in all the only <laughs> space that we have. We're kind of pressed for time. Um, I wanted to get um, uh, a bit more information about the work you do or the work you're doing on the continent through the quad. If you could just maybe give us a brief there, the okay. work you're currently doing there. Okay. So we have different partners in uh, in now in six countries. Um, so for some of them, it's, we're just helping them build communities. Uh, most of them are innovation centers who are starting up in countries that do not have that. So we are working with them to help them understand operationalization and the different models that you know innovation centers can adopt based on your local context. Uh, we don't tell you oh, this, you know, you understand your context better. So that's what we're trying to help them do. I think we're also connecting the 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 continent. You know, we have a lot of networks and and people who can help guys who are coming up i think we can grow the more we help each other so you know how can we help someone in burundi who's setting up talk to someone in in cameroon or talk to someone in senegal uh you know because they understand each other language and whatnot someone in congo you know um so connecting them in that so we have who we are helping set up even in kenya we have some guys are working with in in setting up their, their innovation centers. But also, uh, we have some clients that we are helping with the streamlining their um, programs for entrepreneurs. So I've worked with so many entrepreneurs. And so helping them offer the right solution, but also understand, um, I think, methodology. Because um, I feel sometimes we fall short in that methodology side of, you know, I need to know what your needs are. We can help you. I don't come up to you and say, okay, I think you need to, to know how to pitch. What if you're not fundraising? You know, but maybe for you, you don't know how to do designs. So I need to understand first what you need for me to help you. So we also have some clients. We're helping them um, streamline their, their entrepreneur support uh, programs. And finally, we are involved in, in policy processes uh, with the, uh, 
currently in Kenya. Uh, we just, uh, um, our first, the startup pack we worked with uh, is uh, going for fast trading next week. And we are hoping, you know, by next year we'll have a startup act in, in Kenya. And I've been involved in a number of policy processes across the continent as part of the African Innovation Policy Task Force. So it's, um, it's now the, the focus we want to put on as God is ensuring that, you know, we bring more private sector and especially small business, not just private sector, because I know corporates are always involved. In, in that policy process, they know they know the importance of, but yeah, you know, small businesses getting more involved in in policy process. So that those are the main things we are working on: streamlining the um, the processes for entrepreneurial programs, uh, operationalization of innovation centers uh, across the continent, and uh, policy and advocacy work for small business and startups. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Great work you're doing. Um, if, if let's say, um, an entrepreneur were to ask you, uh, we want to know the gospel according to Sheila this time around. What does it take to build and run a successful business on the continent? Do not sell, uh, okay, two things. For product, I'll say for product and just for business in general. For you to be successful, you need a community around you. Uh, so community could be networks. You need, you need that. People support you, people who can advise you, of people who can give you feedback, of people who can open their doors for you. Those you need that. It's you cannot run away from that. Um, that is gospel according to business anywhere. You need that. And then I think uh, number two is when when you're selling, especially when you're starting out, don't sell the product, sell the story. I think for a lot of us, we we want to come in. Try to convince you about, you know, this is a lamp. I don't even know what a lamp is. What does it do? Tell me what that thing can do for me. Don't, don't tell me what it is. It's good for you and your beautiful name. I don't care. What can it do for me? So sell the story and not product. Just those two things. Once you figure out the why that product exists, sell that. That's it. So two things, community and sell the story. That's it. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So I think we are kind of out of time. I would have loved to continue this discussion because I think there is a lot that entrepreneurs in Africa still need to be exposed to. Um, some, some weeks ago, I think, um, I was discussing the, the challenge we're having currently is that we have realized that the solutions that are online are mostly for um, the United States or Europe or any of those, there wasn't information available for Africa. And I think this is actually contributing to that body of knowledge that we're starting to create about businesses in Africa, how to build it, how to run it, and how to make it successful. Because I think ultimately that's what we all want. We don't start a business to fail. We started for it to succeed. So, um, um, I hope I'll get another opportunity to bring you again and we can discuss further and, um, get all this information out there because I believe you have a lot to, you have a lot to, to offer and you already have platforms that, um, uh, people can access and find out all this information. But I also think this could be another channel that we can preach that gospel, so to speak. Shila, I really appreciate your time. 
any last words for entrepreneurs across the continent? You have a chance. You have a chance and you can do it. I don't feel discouraged even when, you know, things are a bit difficult. That's part of business. And even there's, even if there are similar products in the, in the market, I think the why that I mentioned, once you figure that out, I think things can change. So do not get discouraged about starting a business this in, in, in Africa. It is, it could be the biggest market in the next 10 years. So. I mean, and that's your home. Uh, so, I mean, I would be really excited if I was an entrepreneur in Africa because now more than ever we have a chance and I feel uh, we are more open and more connected with each other with social media and whatnot. It's easy for us to access any other market than before. Uh, it's easy for us to learn from it and it's easy for us to support each other. So let's let's try and do that a little bit more. Um, I am open to helping entrepreneurs, businesses across the continent. Please reach out to me. Um, I, I am really open to, to that. And I love sharing the things that I know because I feel it's, it's useful for it to be out there with someone that it will help than it being with me. So if you have any questions, you can reach out to me on, uh, on, on our, my social media or uh, at the code on either LinkedIn, Facebook, or, or Twitter. And yeah, I look forward to, to working with more you know, businesses and, and individuals from across the world, but mostly from, from Africa. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. I'll, I'll add the, all the information, the links, or social media links as well on the podcast notes. It's really been a great time having you here. And thank you for all the value, all the information that you've provided us today and mostly for the work you're doing on the continent i for one would have to say i really appreciate it i was going through quite a number of videos i saw online and it's really amazing work it's really beautiful work we need more of you yeah. wow. <laughs> thank you thank you so much thanks so thanks i hope to come yeah, back in case they have any questions and you might want to host us i am open to that that'll be great i'm open to a, uh, a part two that'll be really nice <laughs> yes. thank you for your time um do hope thank to have you again um on another episode i'm sure in the near future i hope so too we hope you enjoyed this week's episode remember to subscribe review and share this podcast be sure to join millions of fellow entrepreneurs at Big Shot Business Network. For this week's show notes, visit likeabigshot.com slash podcast. Until next week, this has been the Big Shot Business Podcast.